1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Hi, welcome to Dirt Roads Circuit Riders Podcast. If that's a full mouth to say, we're glad you're with us because we have full mouths here. I'm, I'm Michael Houle. I'm part of uh, Small Town Vineyard USA. I got Doug Rutledge from Crossroads Farms and Steve McVeigh from Dirt Roads, which is a little easier to say for all those of you listening. We're glad you could join us today. We're going to continue our conversation today on going off the beaten path. When you're off the beaten path, it usually takes a few times to get back on the path, and this is going to take us a little bit as well. We've been on the process of trying to figure out all this stuff. I don't know about you. I don't know about Doug and Steve. But I don't have all the answers here. I just know I'm off the beaten path. I'm somehow on a mud road trying to figure out where to head. And so as we head into this today, I think the big question we ask is, what is this new reality we're dealing with as rural pastors? Of all those, I'm going to say new reality, because this is a reality we're living in. So what does this become for us? Like, where do we land in this spot of like, half our church believes this, half our church believes that when it comes to masks. Half our church believes this when it comes to COVID. Half our church believes this when it when it comes to uh, racial injustice. It's like all over the map. And as we sit here today, as pastors going, well, I got beat up by the day. Oh, I guess I get beat up from that side today. I've been wondering, like, personally, like, how do we deal with it? I think you should, I'm sure you are too. I'm pastoring a rural church in Wisconsin for me personally. I'm in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. We have the same thing every day. Someone's happy with me and someone's not happy with me. And it's not the typical, but we've done more. And I said, a big question I'm gonna like lead off of Steve, what are your thoughts on like what we do in this new reality? Uh, can I tell you what I want to do? Okay, so like I was thinking last last time we, we Steve goes off road the off road. Off road the off road. Off road. We're cow pathing like, now. Like, we went into <laughs> politics last time, and and here's the thing: like I was even thinking like as we were thinking about starting today for our podcast, I'm thinking, you know, we had all these things that we were going to talk about when we started. We you know, we were going to launch this podcast. We had, it was in our minds before COVID. And so we were going to talk about how we believe God's calling us together to, to plant in a county. All the, like how to lead a rural board. There's all these things. And I am off the beaten path with this podcast. And I want to get back on the main path. This, this is the last thing I want to talk about. But guess what? When you're off the beaten path, the number one goal isn't to get back on the path. It's to accomplish the mission that God has called us for. And we are, we are just way, we are way off the beaten path as pastors. And so I just, you know, I wrote an article um, probably by the time this, this drops, it have been two or three weeks ago. But I, you know, I wrote an article last week that just talked about pastors being beat up on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, and the fatigue factor 
this morning I just got off a Zoom call with some, some district leaders in a, a region of the country that just unexpectedly had two rural pastors just get up and announce Sunday that they were resigning, that they were done. Uh, you know, I read a thing this, this week by Tom Rayner that talked about reasons your pastor might resign, that type of thing. We, we can't go back on the beaten path. We have to talk about this. And so what do you say? I mean, if I'm a beat up pastor, and, and let me just change that. Since, since we're all beat up pastors, mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do? I mean, these, these are uncertain times and challenging times. What are we supposed to do? This is interesting. This last week, I celebrated my 60th birthday. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, we had cake. Actually, we had pie. So my wife and I determined we were going to go for a bike ride and we we're going to ride to a hotel. And, uh, the objective was to ride my age. So we we're going to do 60 miles, right? So we got our bikes out, got them ready and uh, got on the road. Now, the deal is when you're riding 60 miles, and I know you guys ride, so you'll, you'll appreciate this. You get on your bike, you either know the path you're going to take because you've done it before, or you're sort of at the mercy of Google Maps. And so uh, this was a new path, and uh, our good friends down at uh, in the Essen House in Middlebury, Indiana, that's a little plug for maybe the greatest Amish resort in the world. It's fantastic if you like fried chicken. But with that, that was my objective. My objective was to ride enough miles that I could eat everything I saw and not gain a pound. That's my motivation. So we're, we're on this ride and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do, I think, just 43 miles the first day or something like that, maybe 47. And we're following the, the Google map. And before I know it, we're on a newly P-stoned road. So if you're, if you're not a rider, you, you probably can't appreciate this. If you are and you ride a road bike, you realize that I am now fighting for every foot. I'm, I'm just, I'm fighting the slide to the, you know, to the drainage ditch. And we were on that road for about four miles. And I thought, okay, then we hit some decent road. Then it routed us to a dirt road and it wasn't a good dirt road. And I'm like, but I know I don't want to ride this dirt road. We did it anyway. And, and you know, you're just trying to stay up got to the next road, took the, the long story is we rode 30 miles of P-Stone Road, like newly P-Stone Road, where instead of going 15 to 20 miles an hour, we were going seven to nine miles an hour. It made the track slow, it made it dangerous, uh, and we were exhausted. By the time I got onto the next real road, which I just had to ride up for about two miles to the hotel, a truck threw a rock, it hit my rear wheel set, broke off two spokes, and my wheel's done. So fortunately, we're only 200 yards away from the, you know, from the hotel. But it was game over. I can't ride this bike anymore. I think that that's a great analogy of where we are. We had better start coming to the, the reality that our perfect road plan is not working out but we don't have a better reality. There's, there's not something else I can ride, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Doc. You know, and I think that's the big thing is like, and no offense to all those well-be people and experts that are on the internet that have this all figured out somehow and have told you you missed your opportunity or that you found your opportunity or that there's nine ways to do this, there's four ways to do this or 10 ways to do this. In truth, 
the reality that we're all living in is, I don't know about you, your spokes are off your bike. I think my wheels are completely off and I'm just carrying it with my wheels dragging behind me on a rope. That's what it feels like half the time. And pea gravel would be good because I'm pretty caught in rain right now with uh, gnats biting my legs and wolves hauling off in the darkness. That's what it feels like for most of us. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating <laughs> that, but that's my vibe. You know, and and I, we've, been, we've been talking about that. And I think the reason I say that was just recently I talked to a pastor who was actually in tears. I was in the parking lot and he was actually crying. He was for me and yelled at me. And yet I think about Jesus in this. And the funny part, we talk about Jesus. He does all these miracles, right? He does all these great, amazing things. But one thing we don't like to talk about is how the religious leaders of the day really didn't care for him. I don't know if you caught that, Pastor, if you've been reading your Bible at all. He wasn't very popular among the religious people. And he got yelled at more than we realize. And, and I think that we, we talked about this the last one, so I'm like, still bringing it up again as a good reminder, is a lot of times we feel like we're given a trap choice and we're pastoring. We're like, hey, do you believe this or this? And oh, by the way, if you don't get the right answer, you don't know Jesus, Pastor. That's, like, that's probably like the thing. And Jesus had a lot of those conversations. What's the greatest commandment? What should I do here? My favorite one is the coin one. Like we talked about last time is, you know, the, the Sadducees and the Herodians want to get them in trouble and they go, hey, here's a coin. Do I pay taxes to Caesar or does it go to God? Now that's a binary choice. That's the choice he's stuck with. And Jesus answers them completely. Yeah, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's, give to God's what is God. And they weren't ready for that answer. And I think as we struggle through this, we have to start thinking like, maybe we don't have to fall into binary choices. We have to understand that our reality is feeling like you better be this or this. You are in that reality. And, and I think, you know, Steve, for us and Doug, for me personally, that it is a lot like picking up our cross. And when we talk about it for our churches, but I don't know about you, but sometimes it doesn't work as well. <laughs> well, can I point something out real quick? Doug, we have hassled you about being a Canadian. Okay. <laughs> But if ever there was a need for you to pull the the Canada card, (laughs) 60 kilometers is only 37 and a quarter miles. Yeah, I know. Just, okay, but... Yeah, still would have been on P-Stone. I would have hated it. (laughs) You know, yeah... (laughs) I actually like the miles because I liked saying miles. So I'm a Canadian, but I don't live in Canada. What did you call it? Canada. Canada. Well, I just, I, I just really, here's, here's the thing. Um, at some point, we as pastors are going to have to, this is hard, this is hard to say and even harder for us to grab hold of. I don't know. You, Michael talked about the, you know, is this a new normal? And I hear all those types of words. What I, what I'd like to say is, is that we're not guaranteed that this isn't going to get worse. There's, you know, we have all these divides in our country right now. The election has the potential of whichever way it goes of civil unrest afterwards. There's a division in our, in our country that is it's not about state lines. When you think of the civil war that we had, none of us were a part of that, obviously, but, but there were clear boundaries. These states run this side. This is divided families. This is divided congregations. So you have COVID, you have divided congregations. And, and Michael, you're so right when you say it's time to pick up the cross. You know, we were called to lead 
this, all of our, all, you know, we're off the beaten path because maybe the beaten path is gone and, and we have to forge our way. And so the thing is, is I think pastors, one, we have to grieve a little bit and, and we could talk about grieve and, and what all that's involved in. But at some point, we have to come to that acceptance of the new reality and maybe let go of some of those dreams that were about a reality that isn't there anymore, but then still make a difference for the kingdom of God. Because here's what hasn't changed. The mission of the church has not changed. My calling as a pastor has not changed. The need to make disciples has not changed. Heaven and hell has not changed. I'm going to stand before God someday. That has not changed. And so there's a sense in which I have to have clarity about what it is that I am called to do in the kingdom that I'm a part of. I, lo I love that, Steve. So I was re-listening to Andy Stanley's great podcast. And, you know, not to, you should listen to this one instead of that one. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> but I'll say this, Andy did that uh, whole thing in 2013 in the podcast, the leadership podcast, where he talked about uh, leading in uncertain times. And I would contend this, it's a major deal, clarity, flexibility, and transparency. Those are the the infrastructure, the grid work for good decision-making during difficult times. There's so much I wanted to throw out here, but you know, I'll just keep on telling stories and you guys can go off of that. There's so many passages, Isaiah 43, 19, God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Doesn't mean anybody liked it. Coming back to 1 Peter 1, 6, great passage. Exodus 14, 11 through 14, the people complained because they had to cross the Red Sea. It wasn't easy. They were being hounded and chased down by, by Pharaoh's people. And they, at verse 15 was the key. I, I love that they said, look, we're, we're going to die here. Is that why you brought us out here? We're not, you want us to die? Is that what you want us to do? Same arguments, same complaining, same spirit of lostness. And I contend that if ever there's a time to preach into unity, and this is the problem, core problem, guys. We're not unified in Christ, bar none. We, we're not. And again, yeah, just to work off of that a little bit, I, I I, I've always, I had an old professor friend of mine named Don Williams. If you ever read some of his books, I don't know if you did. He was really mm. good. Mm. And he used to say, when you say you follow Jesus, who are you exactly following? What Jesus are you following? Are you following the one in the Bible? Or are you following the one that you made up in your head? Are you following mm. the one that society has set aside for you? And, and it leads me to that question, because I think the lack of unity is we haven't formulated sometimes even ourselves as we be like, who are we following? This is who Jesus is. First of all, he's not white, he's not Norwegian, he's not blonde. I just want to eliminate that now if you're confused. Like, he's not those things. But in reality, he should make you uncomfortable. Every time I read the Gospels, every New Testament, I get a little uncomfortable. I get a little like, ooh, I don't really comfortable with what was just said there. Like, I don't know about you, but there's some things that Jesus says. I'm like, okay, <laughs> man, I follow you, but that makes me, as a human being, uncomfortable. And it should. It should. We've lost some of that, I think. And why we've lost the unity is because we've re we're starting to replace Jesus of other things, mm -hmm. in my estimation. And then unity starts to disappear because we're all following different Jesuses instead of, instead of Jesus. And I think the biggest challenge we run into is then we're trapped in a cycle that doesn't allow for flexibility. Because by the way, from my, when I just was read through Acts recently, 
the beauty of Axe is this, is they adjusted their plan continually. A lot of times it was because they were getting arrested. It was like they ended up in different spots. You know, Paul's like going to Rome was, I'm sure not the way he had envisioned and hoped for. I don't know about you. He got a free trip, but not the free trip he wanted. And in reality, for all of us, I think flexibility is the key. And I think flexibility comes back, I think like you, Doug, you said to that clarity word. Hmm. Where are we headed? Where is our mission? Yeah, and like Isaiah 43, I mean, where God's saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. He's talking to a group of people who are, who are in exile. I mean, you know, their, their country, the thing, that they, the thing that they believed was their security is gone. And God is saying, I'm still working. Uh, you know, it's going to be different, but I'm still working. And so there's a sense in which there's, that's a, a hopeful statement for us. God is still working in the middle of what could be our country falling apart. Certainly, the plans that we did have have fallen apart. But if I clearly understand, if I have that clarity of what the kingdom of God is about, and I unify around that, I, I'm flexible, things are different. I mean, here at church that I'm a part of, I'm no longer the senior pastor here. I'm off traveling around the country too much, but we just canceled Friend Day. And like Friend Day is an icon here. I mean, like we, we did it up football style. We would have, rather than that, like having a church, okay, if you're a rural church pastor and you haven't had church dinners, you you need to like talk to us, okay? Because that's like bread and butter right there for, you know, you want people to show up, feed them. But anyway, we mm -hmm. did it, we did it like tailgating. And so, you know, you have 20 families bringing 20 different meals. And I'm going to ask you in COVID season to walk from this pickup to this pickup to this pickup and get food from all these different people because I'm sure they're all wearing masks and gloves and these, yeah. you know. Um, so we had to, we've, we've had to cancel it. And here's the thing about the senior pastor. In, in the end, the call was on him. And he didn't want to make that decision. He had to make that decision. People are coming after him. He's just got to be flexible. And, and the thing I appreci appreciated about him, just to be honest, he's been very non-defensive mm -hmm. and just open. And has just said, you know what? I, I don't know what the answer is necessarily. I don't want to do this. This is what we're doing. This may be the wrong decision, but it's the one we're making. And when I'm off the path, when I'm off the beaten path, I'm going to make decisions that may be wrong, but I just need to be open about that. Well, I think we're, like you said, the key word there's the last one that Doug said was transparency. And I want to lean to something here. Pastor, you want a really good excuse? We've been joking in our church. We just blame COVID for everything now. If we try something that doesn't work, it's COVID's fault. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. kidding. <laughs> Literally, like, yeah. in, you know, yeah. like, in reality, be honest, you don't know the answer. Be honest with people. Like, they'll say to me, like, well, what's the plan next? I'm like, honestly, this is what I think we're going to do. This is what I believe God's going to do right now. But it could change in 24 hours. If we learned anything over the last five months is that reality. I yes. just don't know. And if we truly believe God is in control, if we truly believe that, that Jesus at the end of the day wins. I read the, end of, I read the end of the Bible and Jesus wins at the end. You know, God wins. I don't know if people know that, but yeah. he wins. And we got to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. But I just think that flexibility and that transparency to say, hey, like our leaders have been given permission to say, we don't know. That's like one of our cultural things in, in our church is that we just don't know. We don't know. And, and I think that we really need to be honest with ourselves. And it's okay not to know the answers. Yeah, maybe not even. I, lo I love that. We don't have the answers. Why should we be any different than everybody else? 
the government doesn't have the answers. The CDC doesn't have the answers. Here in Michigan, there's a big announcement supposedly coming out today about whether or not high school sports are allowed, which high school sports are allowed. Are they allowed to go back in buildings? Are they good? You know, and none of them know. So coaches have been trying to coach outdoors for volleyball. So if you get a rain and maybe we're in Michigan, maybe. Yeah, so they're canceling because if if they're outdoors and it begins to rain, they're not allowed to go indoors. So you just stand out there and get rained on, but you can't conduct practice. Why should we be different as the church? We are shining stars in a dark place. That doesn't mean we have a different environment. It means that we have the same environment that we show Christ through. And I'm going to, this gets me fired up. Pastor, you want something to do? Preach through Philippians. I don't care how you do it. Preach unity through Philippians and go to town on it. And here's the last thing, and I'll shut up after this for, you know, a minute or two. But the truth is there's strength in clarity. And we as pastors have to be clear with what our purpose is and then drive forward in the confidence that God will not let us. So one of our cultures is to volunteer here at Crossroads. We have very stringent, very stringent guidelines, extremely stringent. One of those guidelines is you have to go away with us for this weekend retreat. Now, we call it mandatory. There's no way to enforce it. But what I know is this, that we've turned down people who can't get on board with the direction this ship is going. Doesn't mean we don't love them. Doesn't mean that, you know, that they can't come to my house and eat dinner anytime. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means if you want to be on this ship, we're going to this port. And pastors are afraid to death to say that because people will get on another ship, but your ship's going to move better. Yeah. And, and at this point, you know, if your focus is just trying to keep your church together faster, you're just going to lose it. I mean, the, the reality is, is that the divisions are out there. Just accept it and move. Just where is God leading you? And then go that way and, and, and love deeply. So is, is you're talking about the need for clarity, the need for flexibility, uh, the need for transparency. I think we stole all those from that Andy Stanley podcast from 2013. But, but nonetheless, what I would what I would want to say to the pat yes, Philippians, uh, the whole book of Philippians is amazing in terms of unity. But pastor, you, you know what? You since since I, I think the cows are about to come home. Okay, I'm just I'm just going to tell you what a, a what a, a rancher would say to another rancher. It's time to you know suck it up, Buttercup. Okay, this. I, and I, I want to say that with love, okay? I don't mean that harshly. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. Every pastor I've talked to for the last three weeks has been close to tears, and they've been on all sides of the issue. But allow the Holy Spirit to just fill you up. You're going to be off-road for a while. And the, and the off, it might get pea gravel thing, and then you ended up on a dirt road, and then Mike brought up, well, what about a muddy road? <laughs> that may be the future. This isn't necessarily over. But again, what is the mission? Who are you serving? Take up your cross. Do the yeah. best you can. Just do it. I guess, you know, verse 15 was critical. And I said it was critical. I didn't refer to it. Let me just read this because I think this is so good. So in verse 15, as they're getting ready to go, it says that the God spoke to Moses and he said, why are you talking to me? Tell the people to move forward. 
that that's a Doug Rutledge paraphrase, but it's like, why are you complaining? You're not in Egypt. Keep walking. It didn't matter that I was in gravel or pea stone. I had to get somewhere. I could have turned back. I could have been pulled into the same orbit that I was used to, and I could have gone home. Or I just keep on riding the hard road. And essentially, that's what we chose to do. I love this conversation, guys. And I, I do think pastors are resigning. Maybe as a pastor, they don't feel like they actually have the ability to lead change, because that's for sure. I, I'd love to talk about the thrust that it takes to move us out of orbit maybe sometime soon. Uh, because, you know, churches caught in an orbit, I believe that COVID is a thrust. It's pushing us out of the orbit we're used to. So where are we going to go with it? And uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just, I loved what you said, Steve. I, Mike, this is good stuff. I love it this. My, my only frustration, and, and um, I've sort of hogged the ball here at the end, but my only frustration is, Pastor, I wish I could just give you a three-point outline and say, here's how it's going to be all better. And it's tough sometimes to say, you know, it's not going to be all better. And even our answers have been sort of off the, you know, we, we've been, we've been all over. You're off the path. We've been, there's been no boundaries to where we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to just continue this conversation next week um, yeah. or next, next time. Uh, we'll get some focus. We'll try to go through some of these things, but, but pastors, uh, we just, we want you to know, we believe in you. We understand how difficult it is. We wish we had an easy solution for you, but here's the thing. God is doing a new thing. Yeah. And we can perceive it, and we can go forward, but it's going to be hard, and and we wish we didn't have to give you a downer. (laughs) Hey, we're crying too. We're crying too, right? I I, I broke down a couple weeks ago. I'm just like, I don't want this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we're crying too. I'm like, yeah. Let me end with one story here. I did think that will really help. Uh, My son has a new job, and he's uh, working down in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he's going to some schools the other day and he's 23, you know, first out of college. And he called me. And when they were little, you can kind of always take the, the frustration and pain away. You know what I mean? You can say, Hey, dad's got to fix. Dad can fix it. Cause as dads, I don't know about you, but my role in the house has always been fixer. Like I fix things in the house. My wife says I break things more than I fix things when it comes to like home repair. But in terms of the kids, I'm the fixer. They call me to fix things. And he called and he kind of unloaded on me. It's a couple nights ago. He just unloaded on me. I had no answer for him. Like he was legitimately in a bad spot. New, new job. Uh, long story, the old person that had quit came back and was kind of hanging out. It was like kind of a messy thing. And I, I had nothing. Like I literally had nothing for him. He got into the whole scenario and he's talking about all the problems and issues that were going on and all the things and struggles. He loves his boss. He likes his job. But this, this, this is a monkey wrench thing that was happening. And I figured at some point it'd probably clean itself out on its own, but I knew I had no solution. Like I just knew I couldn't do it. And I had like one option at that point. Uh, A, I was for him, like, right. Like Steve said, I had to let him know that, Hey, I could feel it for him. I could have that compassion and empathy for him. And the last and most important thing is I could tell him that his dad loved him, that he, that his dad loved him and cared about him. I think pastor that God, the father is in the same message to you. He's not saying this is easy. He's not saying that this is great, but he loves you and he cares about you. And, he, and that's, I think, where we have to sit in, right? And I think that's the part we, 
we start we start with i know it's just such an uplifting conversation we had today but steve um you want any final thoughts or doug before we wrap up I, well it, it is not disheartening to know that god loves us but i think this is this is exactly where we needed to end today thanks for that great story mike thanks mike Bet. Yeah. So, hey, I'm Mike Cool from uh, Small Town, Steve McVeigh from Dirt Roads Network, uh, Doug Rutledge from Crossroads Farm. We thank you for hanging with us today. We hope you have a week of Father's love, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at crossroadsfarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash SmallTownUSA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.CrossroadsFarm.org. Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.